Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey everyone, Dave here with the How We Solve Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Megan Ingram, founder of all remote digital agency Ingram Digital Consulting, brand storyteller and data geek who is passionate about using digital analytics and strategy to tell brand stories. Megan, how are you doing? Great, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's not common that I get to interview someone who has interviewed me, and it's always kind of a pleasure to have a little bit of opportunity at payback. <laughs> but I think this is this is going to go well. We are kind of cut from the same cloth. You run a remote digital agency, digital marketing for a number of years. I, I feel like I'm, I'm speaking with myself. So I would love to, you know, learn a little bit more about Megan from the past, some of your past, you know, experience and roles working at agencies in digital marketing. Yeah, definitely. Actually, before I even started an agency, I actually worked for a biotech company, Thermo Fisher Scientific. So kind of got my start in digital marketing, doing a lot of different marketing activities, and then kind of got my entry into agency world. And my first few roles in agency were very focused on the analytics and social intelligence side of the house. So using data and analytics to help brands tell their stories, uncover insights, just find more business information that will help them answer some of the problems and challenges that they have. And then had an opportunity to actually work with YouTube in a social analytics role. So I worked with them actually exclusively for two years with Fleischman Hillard. And so I had an opportunity to kind of dive really into social analytics and brand intelligence and measurement and do a slew of different things for them. And then since then, kind of done a lot more things with like smaller agencies in the strategy, account management, client management, paid social realm. So that's kind of been my background. And then now I've started this agency, which is really exciting. That is really exciting. And I definitely want to talk about that, but I don't want to, you know, miss anything from, you know, your past. So it sounds like you've had experience working with, you know, larger agencies, smaller agencies. I've actually never worked at an agency despite running one. (laughs) So maybe you could educate me a little bit about some of the differences between, you know, the two and how they operate. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of differences between a big agency and a small agency. In a big agency, you are siloed sometimes into account teams. Like I, when I worked on YouTube, I, you know, I didn't really interact with many people outside of the YouTube team. It's almost like you work in a team within this bigger, larger agency. And so, you know, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of like sort of silos of of the team that you're working with. So a lot of times in a big agency, your experience is really a function of those people that you really work closely with, regardless of some of the culture and whatnot that that larger agency is trying to put forward. In comparison, in a smaller agency, I think you get your hands dirty in a lot of different things. It's very much like working in a startup. So you're kind of the roles and the responsibilities and the way that you're able to kind of work in multiple different areas of advertising is a lot more common. And so, you you know, some people like that as opposed to like having a niche and kind of being more focused. You know, I think that both are valuable experiences and I enjoy both, but they all, you know, they both have their pros and cons. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. I think, you know, like you mentioned, typically a small agency or even a small company, you're kind of expected to maybe work, you know, wear different hats, work a lot of different roles. Whereas at a big company, you know, often you're a little bit more specialized. They tend to kind of say, you're going to manage this one little cog, but both of those have their pros and cons. So at some point you decide to say, hey, I'm going to go start my own thing. 
Yeah, how does that happen? The last agency that I was with uh, had a interesting set of circumstances with a client. They were in the fitness industry and they got completely crushed by COVID, as you'd expect. They weren't Peloton. So ended up going freelance and then really just had a lot more time to do a lot more strategic thinking, thinking about like my future plans, what direction I wanted to go, whether I wanted to even go back to an agency, you know, just to do another role, what kind of role would that be? And from all of that, just started doing some freelance projects and started building my strategy and plan for the agency on this, you know, when, with the time that I had and hired a creative designer. And then from there, the kind of like dominoes fell and, you know, we are where we are today. But, you know, that's kind of how it started is really just spending a month of really diving deep into, okay, what's the agency going to stand for? What are we going to be about? Like, how are we going to staff and really answering some of those bigger questions before we actually put like a visual identity together? That's awesome. So, you know, is it fair to say that, you know, starting the agency wasn't necessarily part of like a grand master plan, but that sort of circumstances kind of put you in different positions and to, you know, encourage, I guess, some epiphanizing. I'm making that word up, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And eventually that leads to where you are now. I would say I always had a master plan of having an agency, but I, if you had told me a year ago that this is where I'd be today, I probably would have said no. Again, circumstances happen. I also think something great that's happened out of COVID just generally is I think a lot of people have felt more passionate about pursuing passions and being more creative and having more time to kind of think about those things. So you know, out of it comes hopefully something good, even though we're in this really tough mess that we're still even even navigating. For sure. Yeah, it's a very optimistic way of looking at it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a really good thing that's come out of COVID is <laughs> this seems like a game people should play. You know, I'm sure that, you know, I know you're big into stories. Telling brand story is kind of all over Ingram Digital Consulting. And I'm wondering with all the experience you've had with agencies, you know, how are you envisioning the story for your agency? And in what ways is it likely to be similar or different from, you know, where you've worked in the past? Yeah. Well, there's a few ways. The one obvious way is how we're staffing. So, you know, I've built a network of freelancers and that's how we're going to staff this agency. I firmly believe what we call freelance Avenger style teams. But what it is, is it's really taking the what people are best suited for, their passions or really their the best things that they do want to work on and building and crafting teams from that. So that you're really thinking about fit and how people work together, which I think is often lost in translation sometimes, especially when you're working in big agencies. The other thing is, while we I have, haven't like carved out necessarily an industry per se, I do want brands to stand for what I'm calling being bold, being creative, being curious, being socially conscious. So, you know, how we're identifying what brands we do bring on to our client and you know, our roster, so to speak is definitely based on a criteria of wanting them to stand for certain things. That's very cool. You know, a lot of times when I talk with an agency owner or when I'm just maybe yeah, listening to some sort of agency-related content, there's a lot of emphasis on specialization of the agency, maybe the services that they offer, maybe the industries that they work in. But what you're talking about is kind of like an attitude. You know, it's like an attitude that unites all of the clients. Yeah, I think that's really sharp. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of people kind of mention that as a, a defining differentiator. And when you think about clients as being like a representation of your brand, you know, like, oh, well, we work with so-and-so, you know, it's important that it's like, oh, well, you know, if another client is evaluating you and they say, well, you've worked with these people that like maybe aren't ethical or aren't bold or something like that, they're going to think twice, right? 
Yeah. And diversity is a big topic for me just generally. Like I'm mindful of it. Even when we're bringing on freelancers, it's something that I want to continue to build those conversations, even starting as early as this year with video content and agency content that kind of supports that notion of having diverse teams, building teams that are well, you know, that are accounted for in a lot of different ways. So that because when you do that, then you have a better product, you have better results, you have a better culture. So Let's talk a little bit more about the freelancer aspect of things, because I think, I mean, if it wasn't already a huge kind of trend wave, you know, remote companies working with, you know, maybe people offshore out of the office, it certainly is now. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about how does this work? Where do you kind of go about finding the talent and evaluating them? And it's also, you know, I think it's a little different in the sense that, you know, sometimes you might hire a one-off freelancer to do some work. And that is, I think people can kind of wrap their head around that. But but the idea that maybe the freelancers are now having to work together kind of as a team, because no agency service is, is ever really fulfilled by like just one person. There's always like a designer and a developer and a copywriter getting together and, yeah. and you know, having a drink at a bar or something like that. So, you know, how is kind of your approach to this working? We obviously vet everyone that typically they fill out a form and I've used a variety of different ways to find them, whether it's social media or through organizations that I'm involved in. And so then we'll have a conversation with that person, kind of get an understanding of what their skill set is, what they want to work on, what they're passionate about. Are they a fit for what we're trying to build? And then when that happens, we actually give them access into like a Slack community that I've been building. And then from there, you know, when we do have a need that is that I think someone could be a good fit for, we'll go, we'll have a conversation with them. We'll bring them into the scoping process so that we can get a sense of, you know, scope, budget, all those types of things. And then once that happens, then we have like, if if the client does decide to move forward with the work, we'll have like what I call freelance onboarding meeting every I give, you know, we have onboarding kits to kind of get people aligned with the type of the tools that we're going to use, whether it's like Clockify for time management or Asana or whatever it may be. And then the project moves in from there and you use typical communication tools that I assume a lot of agencies are using in terms of how you interact, but we're really trying to create like collaborative freelance environments with freelancers. Very cool. Are you favoring any particular part of the world from, you know, where you're kind of sourcing the talent? No, I mean, I would say majority is obviously U.S., but I'm being that we are all remote and I'm a big believer in that. I ha- We don't, be- you know, I don't have a certain, I would say, geographic area. That being said, you know, cities are high, you know, bigger pods for this kind of work. So, you know, there are certain areas or clusters where I've, we have found more people than others. Actually, Atlanta has been a hot bed where we've found there's been like 10 that freelancers out of Atlanta. I don't know if that's like a up and coming area or what's going on there, but yeah. It, yeah, it could be. I don't have my pulse on kind of the U.S. freelance market, to be honest. A lot of the people I work with tend to be in Europe. I do know that, I mean, a lot of people, at least from the north, like where I'm from, from Massachusetts, I live in Philly now. Like I did a lot of migration south. A lot of people are looking for, you know, like a more reasonable cost of living. So people are going to North Carolina, people are going to Georgia, you know, a lot of young millennials. So maybe that's partly where that where that's coming from but to your point like i'm you know we also talk with people abroad so you know we're also looking to build you know expand in terms of europe and other places overseas so that's definitely something that we're looking into and we have people in the network that are very cool i also sensed a lot of kind of like digital nomading as a little bit of the theme but the agency i mean are you you know a digital nomad i know you live in dc is this like a fair amount of traveling or is this a goal at some point it's a goal at some point i would say you know i actually had had pre-covid plans to do a lot more traveling uh 
but like you said, like, it's definitely something that we, you know, we've built into the agency and we are very pro people working from anywhere that they want and doing the work and share, you know, we want to share that stuff with the community, you know, hopefully, you know, once we get out of this COVID mess that there will be an opportunity for me to travel. And I'd, I'd like to do more of that just personally. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about, you know, your brand story. And I know that, you know, your agency is a lot about helping other people identify their brand story. So for the people kind of listening out there, what are some of the things we can kind of educate them on, give them, you know, whether it's tips or something process or, you know, how would you go about a new client comes to you today and, and you want to start to understand, create their brand story? You know, how, how should one kind of think about that? Our model is really built on data, what I call research and discovery first, right? So it's using analytics and things like SEO and keyword research and all the things that you're doing on digital today to help inform and uncover what you're doing and what other people are doing. Are you targeting the people that you should be targeting? Are your followers even aligned with what your target audience is? Like really digging deep into what those things are. And then from there, you know, you can, you build out a strategy and a plan. And that really lays the groundwork for going about building a story, using storytelling, because then you're really using, you know, the discovery phase to help inform all the various components of what a strategy looks like. So really understanding your audience, really figuring out what your goals and objectives are for whether it's a campaign or whether it's an overall brand message. And then from that, that's really how you you craft a brand story for whatever it is that you're trying to target, go after, you know, what your objectives are. Cool. I'm sure, you know, there's people, you know, that they're listening. Yeah. Everyone thinks they have a brand story. You know, it's like, I mean, obviously like, oh yeah, yeah, I have a story. Right. But like, there's got to be a difference. There's got to be sort of a difference in the way it's implemented in the website and the copy and it becomes a real theme. I mean, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, what it really means to sort of have a brand story, how that should reflect in that should the business as a whole, the way it presents itself. Like what are the kind of almost like the boxes that people should check to be able to say, yes, I do have a brand story and I'm utilizing it. I think that you start with what your mission statement is. I look at a company like Nike and it's very clear, like I want to inspire and motivate athletes across the world. Like it's clear. And then when you peel back the layer and you start looking at their messages, their approach, at all their social targeting, their website, everything, it's all consistent with that one message because their story is in every piece of messaging, whether or not they actually say to inspire and motivate, right? So a brand that's actually telling that story through whatever that message may be is taking that one thing, that one central component, and they are integrating it into every interaction and piece of content that they have with a potential audience. I think that, yeah, it's important. You know, it's a, a lot of businesses, I think, really lack, you know, this degree of like a personality and a story. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we struggle with this at, at Shortlist as well. And, you know, when I look at, you know, your guys' website, for example, you know, it's clear you're really consistent with the the verbiage. You know, I knew this is about brand storytelling. Like that's kind of what you guys' expertise is. And just, you know, the colors, for example, are bold, right? It's like a sort of like a blue, green, pinkish type thing. And I love that you like even you even found like a picture of you with like a green glass and like a blue lamp. I don't even know how you how you got that. <laughs> it's like so, uh, so convenient. So perfect. And so it's like, you know, you talk about things being bold, you're using bold colors and, and things like that. And so I think that, you know, you're living kind of what you're also providing, I guess, the, the eat your own dog food type of mantra. And, and that's great. 
for the last couple of minutes, you know, you started a business in a really difficult time. A lot of people are going out of business. How are you thinking about the current environment? Any concerns you have about, you know, kind of starting in the last you know, six or so months? I mean, it's a tough environment to be starting in, right? But that being said, I do think there's signs that, you know, that are, things are coming back and things are that you're seeing a more positive outlook overall. But that being said, I think one of the more important things that I'm taking into this year is the lesson of diversification. So having multiple different clients in multiple different ways and making sure that you're not too reliant on any one source. And so I think that's important that we diversify in the types of clients and whether it's, you know, not having one large brand, you know, source, you know, 80% of your revenue, let's just say, you know, because companies like that are in a really tough spot right now. So, you know, really, you know, spreading it out, being careful. We've tried to keep, you know, one of the reasons behind freelancers, why it creates great flexibility. It also allows you to be lean. We don't take on freelancers unless we have projects to staff them. And so those are the types of things as you think about trying to keep your business model lean as we navigate very uncertain times can help you sustain in the short run so that you're able to have a long run and bigger picture. I think those are, you know, two really great points. You know, when we think about, you know, what we need to do to kind of whatever survive, thrive, whatever it is, is that necessarily like rocket science per se? Sort of the obvious things. Number one is like don't have any overexposure to certain industries that might, you know, not be around or just be going through a really difficult time. And yeah, you know, I've definitely heard of agencies who were very heavy in hospitality or travel or fitness, like you mentioned, and they are they're really, really, really struggling right now. And the way you kind of approach that, which is, hey, I want to have an identity for my agency, but I don't want to be tied to a single industry. So I'm looking for clients who, you know, are bold, who have, you know, are interested in telling a story is a way of maintaining like a focus without a risk. And I think that's a, a really cool compromise for that. And the other thing you mentioned, you know, the freelancer aspect as well, and just being lean, you know, I'm guessing you guys probably don't have an office or something like that. You're kind of, everything's remote is also key as well. And that's something I've always done to always working with like freelancers or contractors. I have, you know, very few people on like a monthly payroll where somebody is literally kind of getting X dollars per month, every month, no matter what, a lot of it is hourly and it's kind of based on, on client projects. And that has also you know, allowed us to, to maintain, you know, a degree of profitability throughout the year. So really great tips that it's been a pleasure talking with you, Megan, learning more about your plans for Ingram Digital Consulting. For people that want to learn more about you or your brand, how should they do so? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on social. My handle is at the data outlier. And then obviously you can go to the website and get more information, www.ingramdigitalconsulting.com. So either way, definitely, you know, get a hold of me. I'm always, you know, down to talk with more people and look forward to hearing from them people. Awesome. Thanks so much, Megan. Thank you. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step -step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.